0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Seahawks coming to Provo. That's right, the Seahawks. The 2015 BYU football schedule has 12 teams. Why this schedule is the toughest in BYU history and how it breaks into three parts. Plus, Jeff Judkins back for more banter on how BYU hoops make an NCAA tournament run and the Jimmer Watch with our boy John Reed. Let's go! This is BYU Sports
1: Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hooray for Tuesday!
0: BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. January 13th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with National Championship Football Game Confetti Shooter. Jerem Jordan.
2: That's not true. Although it appears <laughs> that the that whoever shot that off shot yellow for the Oregon Ducks. I thought
0: that was super weird. Yeah, I'm that like, was Why weird. Is, it, is that gold? I or didn't notice that until this like, morning. What in the heck? Yeah.
2: I you know maybe gold for the kind of Hunger Games capital themed graphics. Oh, well, and, the, and, and the
0: trophy was gold. Branding and, and, and yeah.
2: yeah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it was a little weird. Also, you know what else was weird slash awesome? I'm not sure. The first presidency's heads in the stands. <laughs> Did everyone else see that on the
0: fifteenth row? Oh my goodness! Behind one of the uh, field with, goal posts, with
2: like the eye patches on so, yeah, uh, Thomas we, S. Monson. We've got. I'm, I'm not sure where that fits in the uh, canon of awesome or hey, not. Hey, you,
0: you want to spread the word wherever <laughs> and however you can get it done, right?
2: Yeah. Is that blasphemous or awesome? I don't. I don't know. I don't it's, know. I think it's fun.
0: awesome <laughs> I don't know, but. It was awesome. Whoa! It was. A, <laughs> nice, Joey, Joey anytime Lawrence. Anytime we can get Joey Lawrence on the Whoa. show, we need to. Whoa. Yeah. The conversation is alive 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and be a part of BYU Sports Nation. You know what's coming next, don't you, Jeremy?
2: Yes. I read something now. Yep. How would you describe the 2015 BYU football schedule? We'll discuss uh, Wagner, it appears, is added to the 2015 schedule. We'll talk about that. But... First, we haven't even talked about Ohio State-Oregon, dude. Oh, my goodness. Ohio State, what a game. Cardale Jones, one of the greatest stories ever. I thought Oregon would win. I was surprised. The Jerem Jinx uh, strikes again, apparently. It lives on. It's real. There was a tweet a few minutes ago about it. Who, what, what did the person say? Where is it? I Something can't find about it quick enough.
0: BYU going
2: 0-12. Jerem Jordan should predict us going 0-12. <laughs> Hashtag it's as real as the gospel
0: No it's not Here's the thing though You have to really believe it for I it have to work. sincerely
2: believe it And then it yes. won't happen No I've predicted many things That actually happened people I can't tell you any of them <laughs> Off the top of my head But they've totally happened
0: You predicted that Oregon would win last night Ohio State wins 42-20 Let's That last th- touchdown was That's garbage ehh, dude That's nonsense Come on All,
2: Whatever They wh- Listen when you win the war You stop killing people right? Yes Okay, they'd won the war and then they continued killing people.
0: Cardell Jones, anyway. the quarterback for Ohio State, all he does in his first three starts uh, is win a Big Ten championship I go pro right now, fifty nine nothing. Then he beats Alabama and Nick Saban in the Sugar Bowl. And why don't you throw in a national championship on top of that in your third start? I go pro right now. What in
2: the world? Todd McShay world? this morning, fourth or fifth round pick. I go pro right now. I go. I'm not going to worry about J T Barrett. Maybe Braxton Miller, who looks like he might transfer. I'm I'm just out. I'm like see ya! Yeah, and, I, and I'm a legend. I'm a legend. I'm gone. I'm Kurt Cobain, Nirvana. The best thing for your career sometimes is to die or leave. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana were incredible, but they're immortal and rock gods because he died. Cardell Jones, get out of there, man.
0: I'll get. I'll give you this much. What was the best thing that happened to Michael Jackson's legacy? He he was he was, was going to
2: be a he uh, was amazing. The anyway. pop king, no matter what. But he no matter what. like
0: his record sales went. Bonkers.
2: You don't benefit from all that.
0: Well, his posterity does, But, right? like,
2: it cements your, you know, fair
0: That's a fair point. Okay, so the Twitter question, as you said, how would you describe the 2015 BYU football schedule that does not include Oregon or Ohio State, but a lot of other Thank really goodness. good football teams? At Durbin Wilson said, different schedule should equal different outcome, like national championship different. Get him out, Jerem. Blue goggle yeah, man. Alert. Come on, Blue come goggle on Ed Durbin-Wilson. Let's alert. go, man. Blue goggle <laughs> alert. <laughs> we're talking let's,
2: bowl eligibility, not national championship. Let's
0: go to Arizona and play for a title!
2: <laughs> we'll go there in, t- what, 2016 to play Arizona or whatever?
0: Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines and what we're talking about today. BYU football finishes the season ranked 47th, according to Paul Meyer of Woo! USA Today. Yes, the 2015 football schedule also complete much more on that, including the Seahawks in just a moment. Last night, J-J-Jimmer Fredette scored five points to assist in a loss to the Boston Celtics. John Reed from the Times-Picayune joins us to talk Jimmer at the bottom of the hour. I shouldn't outscore
2: Jimmer in my church ball games. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would prefer that. That's going to be the standard for me. Yeah, yeah, you and I score. He's better than me for sure. Respective for sure. church basketball games. BYU basketball in the first four out. According to ESPN's Joe Lunardi, they are 51 in the RPI. That lost to Pepperdine certainly had an effect on how Lunardi is viewing BYU as a tournament team. Rise and shout, my friends! It's time for what's trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Bring on 2015! When the
2: entire schedule is announced, um, it will be the most dynamic and most difficult um, schedule that BYU's ever taken on from beginning to end, and um, that's our intent. While we are independent, it's not to lose ground, it's to gain ground.
0: Bronco Mendenhall on the 2015 schedule. BYU needed one more game to complete it, and what do you know? According to the Kansas City Star... They've already got it. The Kansas City Star obtained the contract for next year's game between BYU and Missouri to be played at a neutral site, Arrowhead Stadium, a de facto road game for BYU. And in the contents of that contract, it references BYU will play Wagner College. Who? On October 24th. Again, BYU has not made this official. This is a report coming from the Kansas City Star, who obtained the contract for the game. But it says in there, BYU will play Wagner. Okay, we know that Wagner is an FCS Ah! opponent. Their mascot is the Seahawks. (laughs) And they're a sixth home game for BYU. After that, we don't know much. And later,
2: we'll play know the foe
0: to get to know the Seahawks. We have made it a point to understand Wagner at a whole new level. Here's the only thing that I know. A former player... Quincy Lewis
2: coaches Lone Peak. He played at Wagner. That's all I know. BYU played Wagner in basketball a couple years ago. Not was only on that, TV, he, I is a,
0: he is a member of the Wagner Sports Hall of Fame. Well, then, why yeah. didn't you save
2: that for know the foe? I,
0: because you brought it up here already. Okay? But it, You're but taking but away so, my thunder.
2: But it, No, you injected the thunder after the light. Wait,
0: Whatever. the thunder happened and then the lightning? Wait. <laughs> I think it comes lightning and then thunder, but... Whatever. Manasseh, Tunga, this and is Fui not Baka science Puna? class, okay? Thank what, goodness. What we know, this is a, a true fact of truth, as you like to say, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. Yes, and Jimmy Jimmy Fallon as well. Okay, all twelve opponents have been announced for the twenty fifteen BYU football schedule. Well, On not... not Paper.
2: Well, not yeah, sort of.
0: Okay, not officially. Not a,
2: typically, BYU finalizes a schedule like, okay, this is the schedule in
0: February on FB BYU. FB Schedules has 12 opponents on BYU schedule. Are they the official? No. no, they're not official. But unofficially, they have 12 opponents on the 2015 football schedule. Yeah. Okay? On paper, the way it looks right now, the toughest schedule BYU has ever taken on.
2: And, and the argument there is that the variety and the amount, not necessarily uh, who you're playing. Because in 03, 04, BYU played some legit schedules that included top-heavy opponents. But this schedule includes, I mean, like you're – your three through seven games are tough. You have at Utah State. You have Cincinnati and East Carolina at home. You have Boise State. Obviously, at Nebraska, at UCLA, at it's Michigan. Balanced. Yeah, it's balanced. It's like, a tough balance. I like it a lot. I only see four games, Spender, on that schedule where I go, Those BYU's going to win those games. The rest, I'm not so sure. Yeah. And those games are UConn, Wagner, San Jose State, which BYU lost the last time they played there, so who knows, and Fresno State. That's it. The, the rest of the games, I go, I, yeah, it's we don't know about East or Carolina. BYU will be an underdog, you know
0: they lose some some weapons, but they're and they're coming to she, Provo. So they their
2: best wide receiver and, uh, and quarterback. So gone. maybe
0: BYU favored in that game as well. The Point is, four maybe five games where you think, okay, BYU should win those games. Yes, the rest up for debate. You're playing four P5s plus Boise State. We've broken this down into the trilogy. The op- everything has to be a trilogy nowadays. Apparently, okay. For the BYU 2015 football schedule. Here are the first four. This is the P5 plus Boise group at Nebraska. Boise State at home at UCLA at
2: Michigan. And all Boise State does is lose their head coach and then in year two go back to a... Win a New Year Six New Year's bowl six game. Not just get there, win. but
0: win it. They've won the Fiesta Bowl three times. They
2: are everything that BYU football wishes it could be. They're
0: fantastic. Okay. If, and emphasis, all caps... On if, Guy Holiday style, BYU wins two of the first four. The next four at home, BYU could get bowl eligible in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But that is a huge if. If BYU wins two of the first four.
2: I'll take that right now instead of playing I would take two and two right now. That means you have two quality
0: wins right there. Absolutely. Now the next four. But I want to play the games. Is the homestand that you referenced. And it is largely the American Athletic Conference plus the Wagner Seahawks, which have been thrown into the mix as well. Connecticut, East Carolina, Cincinnati. Hey, you're playing BYU's kind of playing an AAC schedule. Hmm. Two of the nothing there. Th- the better three teams in that conference in East Carolina and Cincinnati, and yeah. both are at home, which is a benefit to BYU.
2: Yeah, BYU should go on a tear there, and hopefully they don't come in uh, on a major downer. Hopefully they come in with a little bit of momentum, confidence, cruise through that and that and then you're looking at a twenty thirteen situation where they might be, say, six and two going yeah. into November.
0: That's that's where going two and two or better, in those first four are just that would be fantastic. That would be great. That
2: would be great. It's, yes. it's weird to say five hundred would be awesome. Look, that's at, a weird the, thing look to say, at those but teams. That's, it's
0: true. But we're not going to project that BYU is going to lose any games. We're not.
2: <laughs> we just did. We said they would go okay. two and two.
0: We didn't project that though. We said if that happened. Okay, I think I, we're
2: projecting a little bit.
0: Are you projecting that BYU will go two and two?
2: That's a likely are you scenario. Saying that one and three, three, I think three and one. I don't know. Okay. I haven't broken down the rosters. We are. We are projecting
0: right now. <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're putting out hypothetical situations. You're right. Yeah. From now until. September 5th. Absolutely. Last four is the Mountain West Conference stretch of the schedule and Missouri of the SEC at San Jose State, Missouri at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, Fresno State at home, and then at Utah State in Logan to finish the season. That's
2: a tough game. And those, that's uh, an interesting stretch.
0: Only one game in LaVelle
2: Edwards Stadium in uh, the month of November,
0: which I am totally yeah, fine that's with. That's great.
2: But you're still playing at Utah State, so it's not a home game. But you're playing in Utah, and the weather is what I'm getting
0: at. I don't know that BYU has ever had four consecutive home games in the month of October. Okay, so I'd
2: have to go back and look.
0: While this is balanced, it there are some oddities to it. Okay, you open three or four on the road, then you come home for four straight at home, and then you finish with three or four on the road. Okay, so it's this is a challenging schedule for a number of reasons, not just the teams you're playing, but how it's laid out in sequence.
2: I'm excited. It could. I mean, the likely scenario, and this is a projection, is that BYU has a similar season to what they've had the previous three.
0: If BYU could finished be an eight season. and five, though, with that schedule right now, knowing what we know, wouldn't that feel a little bit better than the previous three eight and fives?
2: Sure, but you're still at eight wins, so it feels uh, pretty similar.
0: Okay, nine and four would be an outstanding result.
2: I'm telling you. It, Stop. We should stop expecting double digit win seasons. Go for nine.
0: Go for nine. Okay. Well, last season, take away injuries. I think it was fair no. to expect no, 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 double no. digit wins. I think it was I don't fair. take away injuries because they happen. I know they happen. What it is, you take it as it comes in front of you. Okay, you're telling me that if BYU had a healthy Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams no, and they didn't win ten games, none you of that wouldn't have happened, been disappointed. So that's
2: fantasy. Like you what can go to your... the mall and play with your little magic cards, like lightning bolt, lightning bolt. And that, that would that. be that.
0: I know that, Mister Technicality. But last year, do you we think about dating that
2: way? Man, if we I would just,
0: projected BYU had, would win ten if games. If I had
2: peaked, I could have married you know a girl like this. We
0: projected BYU would win ten games. Last sure, we
2: year. did. Guess what? They only won eight. That's what it is. If BYU wins eight.
0: It is what it is. Hopefully, you have some fun on the ro- on the way. Just win the first one in Lincoln, Nebraska. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Two thirty-five. That's so far away. We are one day closer to the Cornhuskers of Nebraska in Lincoln, Nebraska, which becomes the third largest city in all of Nebraska on game day. <laughs> there are two larger cities than that. That's the big surprise. Omaha and <laughs> I don't know the other one. Okay. How would you describe the 2015 (laughs) BYU football schedule? That is our Twitter question today. Let's get a tweet in.
1: It's Twitter time.
0: At low pointers, a true test of the blue goggles. The outcome may tame (laughs) the talk of moving to the Big 12. This schedule is the big time.
2: Yeah, let's stop the Big 12 talk. Unless they say something, we aren't dating. That is true. Let's just call, let's just do what we do as an independent.
0: A you, flag bearer, you alone! Di- I love you and your dating references, by the way. Jeff Judkins back sense. in studio. Up next, it's Jammin' with Juddy. This is BYU Sports Nation. Wagner! BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation, and join us by using the hashtag BYUSN.
2: Coming up Thursday night, BYU and Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's Hoops, Jeff Judkins, Lexi, and Morgan Bailey. Mackenzie Morrison, who went 7-for-7 seven seven on Saturday from the three-point line. That's Thursday night. Spencer Linton should on the call should
0: be a solid test. Pacific has a good women's basketball program right now. They're... Uh, Star forward Kendall Canyon was named the West Coast Conference player the way they, they can play.
2: No one breaks down Tiger hoops like BYU Sports Nation. Was that the game last year where Kristen Kozlowski got sick and I subbed in? That
0: was, and BYU lost.
2: And BYU lost. Yes. I am not doing the game. Uh, the Jareb Jinks will, will not apply to this game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: will not be in effect. Our Twitter question today, how would you describe the 2015 BYU football schedule? Keep those tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. At CrazyCookFanatic says, high risk. Equals high reward if all pieces come together. Another chance for a magical year. That's what's awesome about it is there is this opportunity to have it be magical.
2: To me, that's every year, independent of opponents. Because <laughs> like it doesn't matter who you play, just win all your games. If you play some tough games, uh, you may have some lo- you know chance. Are you have more losses, which is okay. So enjoy the journey, get some good wins, enjoy it.
0: It's time for jamming with Juddie. Jeff Judkins back <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation, coach. Rolling right now, 10 wins in 11 games with BYU women's basketball. Last night, uh we watched the college football national championship, and we're just talking about that during the break. Uh what did you what did you think about uh Ohio State running crazy against uh, an Oregon team that was loaded with speed?
3: Well, I think what it proved was that size and toughness and all that was more powerful than 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 quickness. I think hurt Oregon no question. Losing their two top receivers, I mean, maybe they could have caught those ones. The one that the guy dropped, two of them dropped. Maybe they would be there, but um, they couldn't stop them. That bottom line is: Ohio State scored every possession, other than the first two possessions. I think of the game, they they just they just took a right at him and just ran it and took time off the clock, which made Oregon have to speed up, where they're trying to speed them up. Um, and I think that, you know, I think, too, Oregon's always jumped out, and so everybody has to pass the ball to try to stay in the game because they jump on 21 nothing whatever. It didn't happen. It didn't happen that way. So Ohio State could play their game plan. That was run the football. And The quarterback had all night to pass. He's got a cannon for an arm. I And I'm not a defensive specialist in football, but – You gotta pressure the quarterback. I mean everybody says that in the NFL. You gotta pressure these guys. If you don't, they're gonna they're gonna pick you apart, and that's what happened. Ohio State turned the ball over four times. Yeah, it could have
2: been sixty-five to twenty. It really could have. And that was it was sort of like Oregon speed versus Ohio State's power, like you mentioned. Do you have that in basketball? Do you have contrasting styles where you're like, okay, this style almost always wins? A better shooting team is better than a great defensive team or something?
3: Well, you you, you definitely have quickness, teams that pressure. and You have teams that pound it inside. And, um, you know, I think a good team is a team that hopefully can can kind of do both, that you got inside presence and you've got outside quickness. It's very hard to get that. Kentucky Wildcats, men have that, you know. They
2: have everything. Yeah, you know, yeah.
3: so they, they <laughs> kind of have that. But you know, this game for us with, with Pacific is gonna be that. It's gonna be their quickness versus our inside with Morgan and how do we how can we get the ball into Morgan? And they're gonna pressure us to try to get us in areas where we can't get the ball into Morgan. And last year last year they, they did the same thing. But what we did <laughs> a really good job with is we got it inside. We got catches where we could feed the pulse and that's what we have to do. Thursday night or it's going to be a long game for us. Jeff Judkins with us on BYU
0: Sports Nation. We are talking all things sports uh, here today about the national championship and BYU basketball. BYU football, let's throw that into the mix as well. They just added Wagner College. Have you ever heard of Wagner College?
3: I've heard of it, but I I couldn't tell you where it is. I couldn't tell you what state. But um, I know a few years ago they had a really good men's basketball team and, you know, maybe things click. Football, you got to have a lot more than one or two players. So I don't know. But I know BYU is playing a very hard schedule, and maybe they're looking at this and saying we need a game that we can rest some players with injury. I mean, that's the biggest thing of the Pac-12 that I've heard from Utah is that it's just every week is a good game. Back in the olden days, you played Air Force which was really good. And then you play New Mexico, where you could rest some players and do that. You can't do it in the Pac-12. You can't do it in those really big conferences. And BYU's trying to get their 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 schedule like a Big 12 or a Pac-12 conference. They're trying to play really good teams, and so maybe that's the reason for it for them to to be able to do that.
2: Would you welcome that challenge? A Power Five schedule? Yeah, uh, for your team.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know it, it's really hard. Scheduling is one of the hardest things in coaching is trying to figure out how you can get your team to win enough games and have a good schedule on a hard IPI, but you can't lose. I mean, if you go in 6 it doesn't do you any good. So you have to balance it. And you do it so far in advance, football is even worse than basketball. How do you know that team's going to be any good next year? Sure. Or, or you don't think they're that good and they end up being good. So um, we have a difficult time. I, I don't know with Dave – Dave's a little bit different because Dave can, can bring teams in and pay him to come in and, and and play. We have to go home and home or we can pay a little bit, but um when other schools are paying a lot more money, it's it's tough for us to to really get that and that's why it's really difficult.
2: Tom Homo is the primary scheduler for football. Who is the primary scheduler for women's hoops? Is it you?
3: It's uh Haley Steed. Is my director of ops. She's over it. And the then, general, a fitting, a fitting person to yeah. be in charge of it. <laughs> and that. then she comes to me and says, "Coach, do you want to play these guys or whatever?" And and most of the time, I'll say, "Yeah, it's that's why I'll, I'll play them." I I'm not afraid to go anywhere and play anybody. But I also have to balance my schedule. I don't want to play nine road games and you know and three home games, sure. and then vice versa. Next year, go three and nine. I want to try to balance it off. Best I can. Let's talk about your
0: schedule. Your team has won five in a row, 10 of the last 11. Now 13-4 and four on the season. That's outstanding considering you got off to a 1-3 and three start. Now yeah. you're 82 RPI. In terms of getting back to the tournament and your NCAA tournament chances, where do you see yourselves as a team?
3: Well, we, we have to continue to keep winning and hopefully come in first or second in our conference and then have a chance to win it. You know, win the the tournament, um, but you know we, we there's a lot of good teams. Like this weekend, Pacific is 13 and three. Um, St. Mary's is 12 and four. Um, they've beaten good teams, so this is a big week for us to be able to hopefully win a good team that's an RPI team. But but more importantly for us is to win a team that we we're, we're tied with St. Mary's and. And Pacific has not lost yet, so we need to do a good job of coming out and really playing well well against them.
2: You beat Pepperdine by six, I believe. Uh, Mackenzie Morrison goes out for 25 points, seven for seven from three. What changed for her to be able to make all seven three-pointers, take and make all of them?
3: I think Mackenzie's a great shooter, and people people know that, and they've done a great job of trying to get into her and not letting her get a shot. the other night. Pepperdine decided to double-team Bailey, really triple-team her, and um, it left McKenzie open. And McKenzie did a great job of feeding the pulse and getting to the open area where she needed to to be, and and she hit those shots. There's there's no question if she hasn't hit those shots, we have a difficult time because they took Bailey out of the game. Um, But both her and Lexi did a great job of getting in areas where they, they could score. I think Lexi was very aggressive getting to the basket, going to the foul line 19 times, it proves that she really was aggressive offensively. And, you know, you got to give Morgan a lot of credit. She didn't force it. She uh, let. She took what the defense gave her. And uh, the nice thing about it is I really do have some good shooters, and McKenzie's one of them. Kylie, Kylie has hit some big shots this year, last year. Uh, Jojan is a good shooter. Fuller's come in for us and really giving us a, a good lift. Uh, Alohi now is getting back in shape. She played very well there night. She played had five points, uh, hit a couple of big baskets for us. Then she got tired. So I've got to try to get her in better shape. But um, it was a great team effort, you know, really, the, really this weekend. The, the sad news is we lost a really good player. We lost Ashley Garfield to an ACL injury. Mm. She'll be out for the year. and oh, no. It's hard to replace a kid that is tough, great rebounder, leader, I mean, second on our or, second or third on our team in, a, in assist, a very good defender. It's going to be tough to replace her. Yeah, you lose Ashley Garfield. You do have Morgan Bailey, who, in your words, you called one of
0: the best post players in the West on the men's or women's side of college basketball. When you juxtapose what you have with the BYU men and now their guard-heavy lineup where they're getting little to no post-production, what kind of a challenge is Dave Rose facing right now uh, with the, with that guard-heavy lineup?
3: I think it happened to Pepperdine. I think it's a great example. It's, they did a great job. Now I, I, I only saw the last eight minutes of the game. And when Collinsworth is not scoring points or getting to the foul line, there's either a problem. Either he's not feeling good which he was which I heard he was sick, so that was probably part of it. But Pepperdine did a good job of not letting him penetrate. And that's how Dave's getting inside presence he's, he's getting he's getting it from Collingsworth penetrating and making the defense collapse and then getting the ball out. If he can't get to the basket, then they don't have inside presence and then it's more of a perimeter type type offense. And um it looked like Pepperdine had a really a good game plan of trying not to let him get in the paint. And BYU will see that and they'll make adjustments. And, you know, his bigs, you know, I think Cafuci, I think Nielsen, you know, they can, they can do it. They just got to get more confidence. And, and uh, those guys will work hard to do it. I know when they get Nate Austin back, that'll really help. I mean, he's kind of the Ashley Garfield of my team. That's yeah. a great way to, like this. to You know, that. he's a great rebounder. He's a good defender. He's been in big games. He's a good passer. He can hit the shot. And maybe when he gets back, it'll 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 make a little bit better better yeah. difference for him. The hustle plays that create more opportunities. That's yeah that's what yeah. I if people don't Nate see that, do. people don't see the the diving for loose balls and getting getting jump balls or tipping a ball or keeping something alive. They don't see that all the time. And Nate Nate's been missed. They're, there's no question, and then he's got length. So now they can go bigger, they can go small, they can do whatever they want, and Dave's you know you know and Dave done a great job of really not having him, not you know not having him for some really big games. So hopefully he'll be back this weekend because they do have a big game with St. Mary's. Is BYU men's basketball a tournament
0: team? Yes or no? Yes is BYU women's basketball tournament yes. team. Awesome. There you yeah. go. Nailed it. Love the confidence.
3: <laughs> two for two,
0: 100%. <laughs> Coach, good luck against uh, Pacific and St. Mary's this week.
3: Yeah, hopefully we can get a good crowd. This is a big game for us. This is They're in first place, and, and we need to come in and, and and pull out a victory. Support your local troops, people. Yes,
0: we need you. <laughs> <laughs> Jamming with Juddy delivers again. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, you guys. Up next, did the recent Pelicans trade open up an opportunity to free Jimmer?
1: And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation.
0: Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. As always, you can download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUsportsNation.com.
2: Coming up Thursday night, men's hoops versus Pacific. It's a road game, 11 p.m. Eastern time, late tip on ESPNU and right here on BYU
0: Radio. Watch BYU Pacific. On the women's side, at 7 Mountain, 9 Eastern. And then right after that, you can flip over and watch That's the a double men as baby. well. That is a sweet doubleheader. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football will play Wagner, according to the Kansas City Star, thus completing all 12 opponents for the 2015 schedule. BYU football finished the season in 2014, ranked
2: 47th. Top 50, that was the goal. According the to Paul
0: Meyerberg of USA Today. And Jeff Judkins told us just moments ago, senior yeah. guard Ashley Garfield out the rest of the season with an ACL injury. That is a huge blow to that team. The second leading rebounder for BYU, and, and he, he made a great comparison. Ashley Garfield to BYU women's basketball is Nate Austin to the men's basketball Perfect team. Perfect comparison. Absolutely. Joining us now on the Jimmer for Debt Watch is John Reed of the New Orleans Time of You. John, good to have you back on BYU Sports Nation
1: to be on. How you doing, guys?
0: Fantastic this morning. Uh, Let's start with the recent trade between the Pelicans uh, and, I believe, the Grizzlies and the Celtics. Austin Rivers gets traded to the Celtics and that would seemingly open up Jimmer. Now, what is the effect of this most recent trade on Jimmer Fredette and his playing status in New Orleans?
1: Well, you know, it's only been one game, which was last night, but he's going to get more of an opportunity to come off the bench and, uh, and play both those guard spots. A lot of, a lot of his play last night, he, he really handled the ball a little bit more than he has in the past. But, uh, Monty Williams, and you know, the thing about, uh, this Pelican team and Monty Williams, I mean, it's just, you, you don't never know what he's going to do as far as his bench rotation. It's been very inconsistent, has, I think, has nothing to do with, um, certain players and their ability to play, but it's just been really inconsistent, but, uh, he said before the Boston trip that this is an opportunity for um Jimmer to sort of grab hold to and we're going to see how he handles it and um yeah, we all know Jimmer is a guy he he puts his work in if he gets the opportunity he he should make the most of it but um everything is i feel it just remains to be seen how how effective um you know, what is the situation going to be as far as, you know, is this going to be something that's sustained or is something where they're um, evaluating him on extra minutes being played and then they'll go from there. But like I say, the main thing is he just, minding the rotation has just been inconsistent the whole season.
2: John, what effect has that inconsistency in the rotation had on Jimmer's play on the court, in your opinion?
1: Well, I thought early, I mean, particularly um last month. I think it had an effect that it bothered his confidence, even whether or not he that he didn't say that. But, I mean, you could tell that he was hesitant to take some shots. And I'll be honest with you, but any NBA player, when you have an uncertain rotation like that, and you're kind of playing looking over your shoulder, if you make one mistake or make two mistakes, he' gonna take you out the game. I also thought when Austin Rivers was was with the Pelicans, he had more of an opportunity to play through his mistakes than Jimmer Fredette and some other some of the other backup guys. But I thought it had an effect on him that it bothered his confidence a little bit. But over the last seven games, that even when Austin Rivers was still on the roster, his his minutes started to increase. And, you know, his ability is, I think the big thing that the Pelicans want him to do, particularly Monty Williams, is, is improve as a defender. And I, I think he's he's in that process of improving as a, a defender. And um, that was some of the things that he said um, kind of correlated with his reduced role in minutes. He said that um, Jimmer, he didn't get off the bench against Memphis the other night. And he said the reason was because he didn't like the matchup. He didn't feel that... Jimmer could could be a good defensive stopper against someone like a Mike Conley or Urick, or, or which is their um backup guard. And what he's really trying to pinpoint, I guess he doesn't want Jimmer to play against bigger type of guards and uh, I don't know about that. I just think you gotta give uh, the way I feel about your bench rotation See what you have each game. Allow those guys to get some minutes. See if they got the hot hand or not. If they don't, then you then you structure your minutes around that. But he's been saying that, you know, he had to reduce the the bench rotation because he thought he was playing too many guys. So we we'll see about that.
0: John Reed, New Orleans Pelicans beat writer for the Times Picayune. You can follow him on Twitter at John Reed sixty four. John, do you feel like if given the opportunity? Meaning Jimmer would play fifteen to twenty minutes on a regular basis that he could make himself a more valuable option for Monty Williams and the Pelicans.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, but I would I would agree with that for any any role player. Okay. I, I think the thing with Jimmer, I mean what the Pelicans have to realize that you got to if you brought him in to be your scorer there's going to be some games where where he's going to make more shots, and there's going to be some games where he doesn't make as many shots as he did in the last game. But when you're talking about what you just said, playing 15 minutes consistently, and getting those minutes consistently, where he's not looking over his shoulder, and um, really having an opportunity to to really get adjusted. You know, another thing I think with with the problem with Jimmy is he he's not really getting adjusted to the the rotation with the guys that he has on the floor. The example was last night. You know, He was playing on the ball, then he played off the ball, and then you had Tyreek Evans him in the ball, and he went back to shooting guard. And the flip-flopping, I mean, he, I think they got to define his role. I mean, it's kind of difficult <laughs> for anybody that you would think that it's January. We're more than a third of the season complete, and the roles are not defined. And that's that's a problem with the coach. I think that if you allow him to play, allow him to be the player that he is, don't try to remake him, don't try to redefine him, and allow him to be who he is, which is a scorer. Get him the ball. If you're going to make him a point guard, then allow that to happen. But don't flip-flop. Don't don't play him off the ball two games and then, uh, you know, the fourth game he's backhandling the ball. So I think you got to have a consistent – role for him and allow him to develop in the, into the role, give him consistent minutes, and then make a valuation. I think you're making valuations before he's having an opportunity to really show what he can do for you.
2: Which leads me to my next question. This is year four, not year one or, say, two with Jimmer. Is he what he is? Is he what we see currently in the NBA? Or is he something better if he has a bigger opportunity?
1: I think he can. I, I think he's an NBA player. I know a lot of people say he had the problems in Sacramento. I, 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 I mean, I'm not in the practices every day. I've seen him in games. I've seen what he can do. I saw what he did against Houston. He made four four of eight shots in that game. I think you have to set him screens screens more to get him open shots. I don't think he's a player where you just he's going to beat the guy and, and shoot over a, a defender. They're going to they're going to throw rotations at him and make it difficult for Jimmer. but you have to design plays to know exactly you you know what he is you know he's a, he's a shooter he can he can penetrate he can handle the ball and you have to put him in those type of positions where you're going to get the best production from him i've told him many times this season that they don't really take advantage Of what his talent strengths are. You know, he's he, I mean, if if that's what he is, then you got to come up with the play design to take advantage of what he's going to bring you to the table. And I know a lot of times they haven't done that. If he's a guy that you can get you some shots if he's open and set screens up and allow him to go around the screen, if he's open, get him the ball and let him shoot because that's the role of a pitch player. If he's coming in to be a scorer, then you have to, as a coach and, and the system, have to make the system work for the guy that you brought in this summer to help you in that role. They did it with um, Anthony Morrow last year. He was sort of like a spot-up shooter. So they got him play sets where he was in on the corner threes and that kind of thing after screens were set up. And that's what they're going to have to do with Jimmer. And, and I think, and I and I say this, I think if he, gets it, if he plays 10, 12, 13, 14 minutes a game for the rest of this season, be consistent. I think he can turn into that player that everybody expects for him to be. I don't think he's going to be a 28-point scorer like he was at BYU. I don't think he's going to be that type of player in the NBA. But I think he can be an effective player if he gets you 15 minutes a game and get you 12, 13 points a game, 10, somewhere in that range, and do the things that he needs to do in the key moments of the game where he can make that shot from the perimeter, then you got a strong guy that can help you on the bench. And that's the type of system that he has to, um, to really work with to, to get the most of his talents. And that hadn't happened yet with the Pelicans.
0: John, great insight into the Jimmer Fredette situation in New Orleans. We appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you in the future about future Jimmer success.
1: Uh, appreciate you guys for having me on. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, John, we appreciate the time again. How would you describe the 2015 BYU football schedule? Send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. Let's get back to the Twitter machine. We tweet, tweet. At CoxWebDev. An opportunity. That's the word that Bronco Mendenhall used about the 2013 schedule with Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Boise State, Georgia Tech, was an opportunity. Now not,
2: br- bring your big boy pants for the 2015 schedule, man. Yeah,
0: not we have to play these teams, we get to play these teams. I feel that way every year, though. At COT underscore BYU football, a good challenge for a 2015 Heisman candidate. Hashtag TASEM for Heisman. The hype's going to be high. The Taysom talk. Up next, getting to know the Wagner Seahawks, the pride of Staten Island. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I'm Spencer. He's Jerem. More importantly, Jerem is the voice of BYU men's volleyball.
2: Volleyball is this Friday and Saturday, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio, Cougars versus UCLA. BYU drops one spot in the polls this week after splitting with Loyola and Lewith. Seven, Ranked number 7th, UCLA is number 4.
0: And UCLA is very young, so this is an yes. opportunity for BYU to go out Forever and make a statement.
2: Young. Yeah, it's going to be fun. The uh, Team USA coach, John Spraw, he coaches UCLA. Always fun to have them in town.
0: Also, uh, on the BYU future schedules, UCLA football, speaking of, how would you describe Transition. the 2015 BYU football schedule? At Brute DR says Sept- uh, September is scary as heck. I almost said Skeptember. Uh, yeah, it, it, scary is a word you can use, but then you can look at it as an opportunity that we saw in an earlier tweet. The rest Isn't of it, everything he says, is doable. Yeah, you, but you said you want you want the chance. Yeah, why not? I, th- I think. You want the chance. Well,
2: what do you want? Do you want BY to go to New Year 6 or play a tough schedule? I want both. both. You typically can't have both. As you're right, but I want both. Or schools like BYU. Yes, but Boise State has chosen the road of easier schedules. They'll play one or two really tough teams, win those, and then they'll win a lot of their other games. And then they're in a uh, really relevant situation, and then they win that game.
0: Okay. In 2000,
2: like let's load it up so we lose a couple
0: games. In 2008 and 2009, and even in 2006, BYU had the same model. They just lost a couple of critical games. 2006, the loss at Arizona. They didn't win Arizona, the games they, yeah. And the loss exactly. in double overtime at Boston College when they had Matt Ryan. Those,
2: no, but they played, yeah. Like, what, they,
0: had a, they had a Boise State model schedule. but just Boise State win, had it easier in the WAC. win those games. And it's
2: grown into the Mountain West. I Correct. think there's a difference there. But, like, B, BYU football had a good run there from 06 to 09, right? But they never had a year like Boise State's had. Yeah. Not a single one. And, and that's the desire that I have for BYU football is to – all right, you get to the point where you get nationally relevant and then you stay there, which, is, which means ranked, and you win big games. The chance is there for 2015, but it might be a little too heavy.
0: I can guarantee you this much. BYU will beat the Wagner Seahawks. <laughs> Who? We're about to educate you and each other with Know the Foe on BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe?
0: Oh, that music is just yeah. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. I'm going to let you start this thing off. Here's how it works. We, we quiz each other, and then you learn along with us. So you start it off, my friend.
2: What is the former name of Wagner College? Was it Wagner Memorial Presbyterian College, Lutheran, Catholic, or Protestant college? Oh. It's tied in with the re- religion. Good grief.
0: <laughs> Wagner Memorial Presbyterian, Presbyterian. Presbyterian,
2: Lutheran, Catholic,
0: Protestant? I'm going to say Presbyterian. Lutheran. Oh. Wagner Memorial Lutheran Fail. College. Martin Luther, shout out. OK Jerem, how many students are enrolled at Wagner College? Uh, approximately 2,200? 2, 2,400.
2: 2, OK. <laughs> uh, how many years after, within 10, was Wagner established? How many years after BYU? 1875 was Wagner established?: Ooh.
0: Within 10. Uh, <laughs> was it 1884, so nine years? I think you get it. Yeah. Yeah, eight. Yeah, All eight. Right. yeah All it was right. eight years, so Woo! you're only out by one. Okay, very good. Can you name a famous alum from Wagner College that has NBA ties?
2: Oh, uh, heck no. It's a guy, a guy named Heck No. Now, I'll, give you, no I'll no give you a
0: hint. He was, the coach, <laughs> he was the coach that lost to Michigan and Steve Fisher in the 1989 NCAA Basketball Championship. It was Seton Hall's coach.
2: Seton Hall's coaching it. I don't know.
0: P.J. Carlissimo.
2: P.J. Carlissimo is Wagner's high. Yes. Wagner nice. alum. Nice. Uh, who is Wagner? Was it Charles, John, Alfred, or Theodore? Uh, Alvin, Simon. Give me, Theodore. The, give me the options again. Charles, John, Alfred, Theodore,
0: Simon. I'm going to say Charles. Common name. John. Oh. It was John Wagner. Come on. Okay. What? What did John Wagner do that made him have a college name after him? Who knows? <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: I couldn't find that on uh, Wikipedia. You
0: you may have missed this earlier. (laughs) Quincy Lewis, okay? He is the head basketball coach at Lone Peak High School, which has become like BYU Junior College in terms of basketball. Compliance right now.
2: It's like, don't say that!
0: (laughs) Tyler Hawes. I mean, Nate Austin, Nick Emery, Jackson Emery. So many players for BYU have come through. Don't forget Sam Burgess. And Sam Burgess, absolutely. Quincy Lewis was is a member of the Wagner Sports Hall of Fame. After Dixie State College in St. George, I he went to Wagner in Staten Island in the early 90s and was, that's like so a, was a stud. It's so random that he went, went to Wagner. <laughs> when I saw that this morning, I was like, what in the
2: world? Yeah, I interviewed him about it during the BYU-Wagner game in like 08
0: or '09. That's or awesome. Also a Wagner alum, Dan Mullen, Mississippi State head football coach. Why'd and, you say that? That and was great. Former, we're out of time. And former we? Utah still going. assistant coach. Okay. Look. Nice. 2015 awaits, including Wagner. But let's note some interesting final statistics from the 2014 season in reference to BYU, notably our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation
2: stat of the day. 25, the age you're a menace to society, according according to Brother Brigham, and Christian Stewart threw 25 TD passes in 2014. Why is that important? That's the same amount as Jameis Winston. Wow, really? That's crazy, yeah. BYU, by the way. Dramatically increased in red zone efficiency, they were fantastic. Obviously, a drop off on defense. Offensively, BYU a top twenty-five uh, offense this season, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, good for Christian Stewart. All the
2: stats are done as if of today. Twenty-five because of touchdown NBA. passes. If he had started the first four games, does he go thirty-five touchdown passes? That would have been top five in the NCAA. Probably, that a boy, see
0: Stew coming up. Joe Lunardi of ESPN currently has the BYU Cougars. On the outside, looking in at the NCAA tournament, but how far out. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem, take us into the next part. It's time
1: for the Cougar Whiparound. Football. Football.
2: Yeah, let's go. The Kansas City Star got the contract to the Missouri-BYU game for the season, and it says the Cougars are playing Wagner on October 24th in FCS. team out of New York City. Sand Island. This appears to complete the
0: 12 opponents for the 2015 schedule
2: unofficial. Men's basketball.
0: ESPN's Joe Lenardi has BYU as the fourth team out Mm. in his latest bracketology. The Cougars play at Pacific Thursday night. They were like the eighth team in in his last one, that's quite the draw. Well, well,
2: well. Cougars in the association. It's now just Cougar. Jimmy Jimmer. Jimmer. I don't even know how to say his name anymore. Jimmer Fredette played 12 minutes and scored five points from the free throw line in the last night's eight-point Pelicans loss to the Celtics. Fredette and the Pelicans back in action tomorrow in Detroit. Women's
0: basketball. BYU women's basketball head coach Jeff Judkins just told us in studio today that senior guard Ashley Garfield will miss the rest of the season With an ACL injury. Brutal news. Men's volleyball.
2: Cougars are seventh in the latest ABCA Volleyball Top 15 poll. BYU hosts fourth-ranked UCLA this
0: Friday and Saturday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Beat the Bruins. Future guests include Nate Austin, Jalen Reyes, and our boy Zach Bayrudi, the play-by-play for Pacific, as well as Blaine Fowler, the greatest hair on BYU television. Maybe ever, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. You got a nice compliment about your hair on uh, Saturday night when you were stepping in for Blaine. Was that you assuming the role?
2: One person said one thing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's that's affirmation.
0: Captain Snark. (laughs) How would you describe the 25th? Actually, you know what? Let's do the rise and shout. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And the Rise and Shout goes to the guys who fired off the wrong confetti color at the national championship game. Yellow instead of the scarlet and gray for Ohio State. They were fans of Coldplay.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, goodness. Hey, thanks to Jeff Judkins, John Reed, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Bernie Fryer. Yeah, Bernie Fryer. I just hit a chair with the ball. Did it break? Nope. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.